You're listening to the New Song Students Podcast. I'm Jackson, and I'm the student pastor at New Song Church, located in Oklahoma City. We hope this message builds your faith and helps you to know God better in a greater way today. Enjoy the message. I'm so excited. I just registered Zane and Braden the other day, and uh, I am pumped. Um, No, Cooper, I didn't register you. Sorry. Talk to your mom and dad. Okay, uh, if you haven't noticed, I'm a little gimpy. Um, I tried to be cool mom and uh, play dodgeball, trampoline. And um, first I rolled my right ankle, took a break, and then went back out and uh, rolled my second ankle. So, um, yeah, it was really awesome. So, but um, I'm going to try to walk her out. Okay, I have a confession to make. Can I be real with y'all? Can I do that? Okay. Here we go. I know Jesus. I love Jesus. I faithfully follow Jesus. But sometimes, even though I still battle with overwhelming anxiety, in fact, Two Sundays ago, I had an anxiety attack sitting right there in the front row during third service. Like, seriously? It was so good. Sarah was preaching. Music, worship was on point as always. Don't tell David I said that. But, yeah, it's amazing. Sometimes we can look strong on the outside, but we feel weak on the inside. We can appear confident, but inside we feel afraid. We feel anxious. We may look happy. Our Instagram feeds are full of hashtag blessed. But inside, we're hurting. To be clear, I love Jesus. I trust Jesus. But I still battle with anxiety. And chances are, a lot of you guys do too. I know my high school girls do. We talk about it every single week. It's part of our prayer requests. And you're probably dealing, if you do deal with anxiety, probably more this year than ever before. This past year has been fresh prints, flipped, turned upside down. In fact, I read a stat that teenagers that deal with anxiety is three and a half times more this past year than any other year before that. Introduce this weird virus that no one knows anything about. Schools are over, sports are done. Your teachers, your parents are now your teachers. That's probably not a good thing. Remote learning, you can't see your friends. On top of that, this year, racial tensions, political tensions. It's no wonder that we feel anxious, overwhelmed, panicked, this constant pressure, and this heaviness. In this series, In My Feelings, Pastor Jackson has brought some words. It's been good. He talked about anger. Last week he talked about doubt. Tonight, obviously, I'm talking about anxiety. And these are all feelings that Jesus dealt with. Jesus dealt with anger. He flipped tables. It's my favorite Bible story. He's flipping tables in the synagogue. Yes. That's my man. Last week, Jackson talked about doubt, how Jesus dealt with doubt. He said, God, if there's any other way, 
take this cup from me. And tonight I'm going to talk about how Jesus dealt with his anxiety. Jesus, who is completely innocent, completely sinless, yet he knew he was about to be arrested, tortured, crucified on a cross, which was the most humiliating way to die. Jesus, who is perfect, never sinned, but was going to become our sin. You name it, lying, cheating, hatred, abuse, rape, murder. Holiness was becoming filthiness. Jesus definitely dealt with anxiety because those feelings, anger, doubt, anxiety, it's not a sin to have those feelings. Jesus was sinless and yet he had those feelings. So it's not a sin to have those feelings. But sometimes how we deal and how we react to those feelings can lead us into sin. So tonight we're going to talk about how Jesus dealt with his overwhelming anxiety. Basically, Jesus did the exact opposite of what I do whenever I have anxiety. When I have anxiety, I shut down, I get quiet, I retreat, I become distant. I become distant from Matt, distant from my kids. I'm like, zip. But then there's Jesus. When his anxiety rose up, Jesus talked back. And we see this. In Mark 14, if you have your Bibles, open up to Mark 14. If you have a Bible app on your phone, open up to Mark 14. Not a time for games on your phone. Please don't play Among Us. That's going to be sus. But if you have the Bible app, open up to Mark 14. If you don't know where the Bible app is, or the Mark is, shame on you. But second book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark. We're going to start in verse 32. Here's the context for it. So Jesus and his disciples just had small group. They had community group. That's what it was. They just finished the last supper. Verse 32, they went to a place called Gethsemane. Okay, you guys know I'm a Bible nerd. Interesting fact here. Bible or Gethsemane literally means the pressing or the crushing. Kind of cool. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John. Those were his very best friends, his besties. Peter, James, and John, along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. I actually like the way the message version says this part. Message version, it's kind of like a devotional version of scripture. And it says that he plunged into a sinkhole of dreadful agony. Wow. That gives me anxiety just reading it. Plunged into a sinkhole of dreadful agony. He said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch. My first point, what do you do when you have anxiety? You talk to your friends. Your godly, spiritual, helpful friends. Jesus talked to his closest friends. Friends, he said, guys, my soul is overwhelmed. I don't think I can take it. I don't think I can stand it. Please stay here with me. And I love Jesus' honesty here with his friends. You guys ever notice 
that no one can lie like Christians can. <laughs> right? We are like, hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm fine. Sunday morning lobby is full of these conversations. Good morning. How are you? Great. How are you? It's full. I do it. It's full of these conversations. But here's Jesus who's being completely transparent and openly honest with his best friends. I think a reason so many of us are anxious today is because we lack community. Again, we've been shut down. You can't see your friends. You can't go to school. You can't play sports. Years from now, they're going to do studies on what this time of isolation has done to all of our anxiety levels. And I totally believe they're going to see a link between the two. God says in the beginning of his book, it's not good for man to be alone. God gave Adam Eve because it's not good for man to be alone. Shout out to Molly. I got a little keychain Sunday morning at church. And on my keychain little envelope was Psalm 133.1. This wasn't in my notes, by the way. I just saw it on the way here when I was praying over this message. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about my keychain. And I looked and it says, Psalm 133.1, how good and pleasant it is, it is when God's people live together in unity. God's word says it's not good for man to be alone. Matt and I taught this study a few years back at our old church about the body of Christ, which is the church. Look at this next slide for me. Visual, sorry, David. It's called a visual. I got schooled on that. Does that look familiar? What is it? Okay, thank you. It's a cross. You guys all know the cross, but do you know what the cross represents? It's two pieces, right? It's the vertical. That represents our relationship with God. And then there's the horizontal. That represents our relationship with others around us. So, okay, where are my science geeks at? Do I have any science geeks in the house that geek out on science crap like Matt? Okay, so here's, this is just for you guys. So we all have this molecule in our bodies, this protein molecule called laminin. Laminin. And it's literally what holds our bodies together. It's like the glue that binds our cells together. This is what it looks like. Kind of look familiar, right? So this molecule, this cross that looks like the cross, it's literally wired into our DNA, wired into our DNA that we're not meant to be alone, that we're not meant, that we're meant to live in community. In fact, one of Jesus's names, Emmanuel, not to be confused with Eman, means God with us, with. There's a power in with. Jesus came down from heaven to live with us. It's like the difference in praying for someone and praying with someone. God's word says where two or more are gathered, in my name, there I am with them. There's a power in the with. There's a power in us. So there's Jesus asking his friends to be with him. Guys, my soul is overwhelmed. Sit here with me. Pray with me. Just be here with me. I need you. Jesus talked to his friends. We go on to read in our story in Mark. We're in verse 35. Going a little further, 
he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Jesus started talking to his father. And that's my second point. What do you do when anxiety comes up? You talk to your friends and you talk to your father. I'll explain it like this. Those that drive, that have a car, there's a little light that sometimes might come up in your car called the check engine light. How many people know that the check engine light is not the problem? Okay, I can't take my car in and say, hey, this light came up in my car. Will you shut it off? And then that fixes the problem. It doesn't fix the problem. That light is a signal that there's something else wrong, right? My vehicle, she's really dirty right now, but we call her Black Betty. When her check engine light comes on, I have to take her down the street to Khalidi Kia, where we got her from, to the manufacturer, to who built her, because who built her knows how to fix her. Anxiety is the same way. Anxiety is a signal that there's something else wrong. It's a signal alerting you that it's time to pray, to go back to the one who created you. Because the one who created you is the one who knows how to fix you. We've got a saying here at New Song, if it matters to you, there's another place in the Bible where we see this in Philippians 4. Paul is in prison. Okay, Paul goes to prison a lot. For the kingdom, for preaching the gospel. But he goes to prison a lot. And he's in prison awaiting trial. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Okay, we're going to break this verse down in two parts. Okay. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition. So pray about every situation, every situation, fill in the blank. Are you worried about a test, high school girls? Pray about it. Do you have so much homework that you feel completely overwhelmed? Girls, I know you're here. Pray about it. Having drama in your friendships, in your relationships, pray about it. Parents getting on your nerves, pray about it. Teachers frustrating you? Pray about it. If you live in Cashin and you have a virtual school day and you don't know if you're going to have enough internet access because the entire town of Cashin is on the same internet access and you don't know if you're going to have enough internet to do your virtual school, pray about it. Seniors. Got some big life decisions coming up. Where am I going to go to school? What am I going to major in? How am I going to afford books that cost the same as a used Honda Civic? (laughs) How am I going to afford food? How am I going to pay my bills now that I'm moving out of mom and dad's house? Pray about it. We've done a series before, Pray Like This, where students ask, how do I pray about it? Are there rules? Do I have to kneel? Do I have to 
fold my hands? Do I have to pray in King James Version? How do I sign off? Sincerely, Annie. Thanks, God. Bye. In Jesus' name, amen. First of all, you have to pray in King James Version. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, O God. Hide not thyself from my supplication. I'm just kidding. You don't have to pray in a formal way to a relational God. But have you ever prayed with what I call a prayer ninja, like Katie Quinn? Pretty, Katie Quinn prayer ninja. They pray and God is like, dude, that was good. Yours sucked, but that was good. No. It doesn't have to be fancy. You just have to talk to him. Okay, David, put that verse, David Atkins. I just saw David Terry come in. David Atkins, put that verse back up. Okay, let's do the second part. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So there are many translations, and this translation I think is a little more formal than what it's meant to be, but present your request to God basically means let your needs be known. Okay? How do you do that? It's really simple. Get ready. Let your needs be known. You don't have to do it in my way or prayer ninja's way. You just have to talk to God in your own way. For example, if you didn't know, I have three kids. And they all let their needs be known in their own personal, unique ways. Zane, our oldest. Zane, our oldest. <laughs> comes into our room at 10.30 at night when it's time for bed to let his needs be known. And he is prepared to defend those needs. <laughs> Brayden, or Bibi, begs. And he uses his jokes and his humor and his adorableness to let his needs be known. And then there's Lily. Lily asks, calls, texts, and if you don't text back within 60 seconds, she texts you again, mom, exclamation point, shouts, sings, begs. They're all unique and personal in how they let their needs be known. And that's how you talk to God. You can ask him you can write your prayer requests to God. You can sing your prayer requests to God. You can sigh. God knows your heart. You can shout with joy. You can even shout with anger because believe me, God is big enough to handle your temper tantrums. I'm a mom, and as an earthly parent, I love when my kids need me. God who loves you, loves when you let your needs be known to him. In every situation, with prayer and petition, let your needs be known. What is anxiety? It's a signal alerting you that it's time to pray. Talk to your friends. Talk to your father. 
And finally, talk to your feelings. Jesus talked to his feelings back in Mark 14. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Anybody else have any like whacked out, jacked up feelings, crazy feelings sometimes? Just me? People say, follow your heart. Trust your gut. Trust your feelings. Don't do that. If I did that, I'd be in jail by noon. Especially if I'm driving. Okay? You are not your feelings. They are real and they are important, but they're not necessarily true. Any married person in the room can tell you they don't always feel like loving their spouse. I love Matt and I love my kids. There are some days I don't always feel like loving them, but I don't follow my feelings. I choose to love Matt. I choose to love my kids. Your feelings don't get to lead you. Your feelings don't get to control you. It wouldn't be a New Song student's message if I didn't talk about this docuseries I'm watching right now in true Jackson fashion. And you can't judge me. It's on Hulu, called Married at First Sight. (laughs) It's a modern take on arranged marriages. You meet your spouse at the altar for the first time ever. And it's like a month to two month long experiment. And they're committed to each other for for that length of time. And then it's the end of the experiment, they get to decide whether they want to stay married or get divorced. But it's amazing to watch these complete strangers, even if they aren't in love because they just met this person, they're committed. They tell their feelings, I'm committed to this person. I'm choosing to be in relationship with this person. It's a horrible example, but it's what I was thinking about today. (laughs) Speak truth to your feelings. You're not the boss of me. Tell your feelings, you're not the boss of me. When Lily was little, Matt and I used to have to tell her, you're not the boss, I'm the boss. You're just bossy. So she used to go around and tell people, I'm not the boss, I'm the bossy. Talk to your feelings about your faith. That's what Jesus did. He said, yet not what I will But what God wills, Jesus didn't feel like going to the cross. He didn't feel like suffering. In the Bible, we never see Jesus say, I want to be rejected. I want to be despised. I want to be tortured, falsely accused, misunderstood, shamed. He didn't feel like paying a price for a crime. He didn't even commit. Speak to your feelings. Tell your feelings the truth. When your feelings say God doesn't love you, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. When your feelings say you're all alone, 
No, my God will never leave me or forsake me. When your feelings say it's all too much and I can't do it, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Jesus told his feelings, not my will. He told his feelings to get in line. Some of you need to align your feelings with your faith. There's another place in the Bible where we see this. In Acts 16, we're with Paul and Silas, and they're on their way to small group. You guys see a trend here. They're on their way to the community group to pray. And they come across this woman that has an evil spirit inside of her. And they cast out this evil spirit, and this gang fight breaks out, this riot. Paul and Silas are arrested. I told you, Paul goes to prison a lot. They were arrested and beaten by the crowd and ordered to be stripped and beaten by the judges. Acts 16.22 says the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. So chances are nobody in here this week has been stripped and beaten with rods. I think it's a safe bet. But... Some of you might be feeling beaten down by your anxiety. You're trying everything you can just to hang on, but you feel beaten down by your anxiety. Verse 23 says, after they were severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. So Paul and Silas are in prisons, in shackles and chains, had just been severely beaten. They're probably bloody, bruised, swollen eyes. Can you imagine what they're feeling? Anxious, scared, down. But they didn't give in to their feelings. They talked back to their feelings by singing hymns and worshiping God. They went to church. They had church in jail. They had worship night. They went to students, even though they might not feel like it. You hate me yet? The story goes on in the middle of the night. In the middle of their worship night, there was a sudden earthquake and their chains flew off and the jail doors flew open and they were released. They talked to their feelings by worshiping God. Are you feeling down, anxious, depleted, hopeless, sinking, sinkhole of dreadful agony? Worship him. What do we do a lot of times in David's worship sets? We lift our hands. Peter talks about this in 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Let's take this verse into context. Peter's the one talking. Peter that got out of the boat and walked on water. Scripture says he looked around saw the waves and the wind, got scared, and he began to sink. Jesus reached out his hand to pull him up. Anxiety can feel like sinking. 
problem isn't that you're sinking. The problem is, is that you took your eyes off Jesus. You saw the winds and the waves around you. And you aren't lifting your hands. Even when you don't feel like it, lift your hands in worship. So what did Jesus do in his anxiety? He talked to his friends. He talked to his father. And he talked to his feelings. And it worked. Scripture says Jesus stumbled into the garden. Barely able to stand, he was so distressed with overwhelming soul crushing anxiety but he talked to his friends he talked to his father and he talked to his feelings then he was arrested he was beaten he was tortured he was shamed and hung yet he said no man takes my life he was strong He was determined, he was faithful, he was unshakable, and he chose to lay his life down. What he did worked. I love Jesus. I trust Jesus. But I still deal with with anxiety. If you are here tonight and you deal with anxiety, I encourage you, talk to your friends, talk to your father, and talk to your feelings. You guys want to close your eyes and we'll pray. Father God, we give you our anxiety tonight. We give you our whole selves, God. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. We can do all things in Christ who gives us strength. We've been given everything we need to do all you have called us to do. There is no storm that you won't bring us through. There is no obstacle that you won't help us overcome. There is no enemy that you can't defeat. God, there is no heartache that you can't heal. We give you all of our anxieties tonight, God. We thank you for the peace that surpasses all understanding. We love you, Lord. In your name, everybody said, Amen.